There's a push to convince people to get vaccinated against COVID in southern states where rates are lagging. CBS's Maria Villarreal is in Birmingham, Alabama, a state where less than a third of the population has gotten shots. Dr. Karen Landers is the Alabama Assistant State Health Officer. She says misinformation is driving hesitancy, especially among young people. We are concerned that even if we get through this summer with relatively low rates, that we could see an increase in the fall. Vermont, Hawaii, and Massachusetts have the highest vaccination rates. What the hell is that? This is the Stone on Air radio show. What would you say you do here? I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. There's nothing more pathetic than an aging hipster. What's your deal, man? Yes, my name is Brian. Stone on Air on Nuga Radio 
it's almost overwhelmingly exhausting to the point I almost don't want to do it. Like I need a vacation before I take my vacation. And then when I get back, I'm damn sure going to need a vacation from the vacation because I'll be gone Saturday to Saturday. And I haven't done anything like that in a long, long, long time. So I will not be here with you for one second next week. Um, what we're going to do during this 10 to 11 o'clock hour on Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I'm not entirely sure yet, but I'm sure it will be fantastic and, uh, or at least tolerable. We'll see. I don't know, but, um, I don't like missing work. I don't like, I'm a little, I'm a little stressed about that too. I really, I don't like missing a lot of work. I enjoy going to work, even my crappy day job. And I don't mean crappy. I call everything stupid and crappy. I don't really mean that. I mean, I don't love it, but it's a, it's a fantastic company, fantastic people. I'm going to talk about it more in the second segment of the show. As a matter of fact, as this will be just kind of, there'll be a little bit of a storyville in the middle as Jeff does his podcast storyville. I'll have a little bit of a storyville for you in the middle of the, uh, of the show. I have like 25 pieces of paper that are highlighted with different headlines and different things I could talk about. I probably won't get to a single one of them. Maybe two or three. We'll see. But I don't like missing a lot of work. It stresses me out um, because I don't like to just, I don't like to put my burden on anybody else. I, I It's one of those, uh, if you want something done right, do it yourself. Right? The old adage. If you want it done right, don't complain about everybody else screwing it up for you. Just do it yourself. Get it done right because you know what you're doing, and that's kind of where I operate here at the radio station or there at the uh, at the beer distributor uh, 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 warehouse. But I also am really looking forward to to this uh, to this weekend. So beautiful day, beautiful weekend. I'll run down a few things going on this weekend here in just a few. Uh, I've got the uh, the worst idea coming up for you here in a minute. The not so sure thing. Yeah, they not. I'm not so sure about this thing. And then the coolest thing coming up in a little less than five minutes from right now. Uh, two or three things really fast. I, I might hit some of these headlines later. I'm not sure. All the ways we're trying to just convince people to get this damn vaccine. Now you get free beer. You get free Uber rides. West Virginia's giving away a gun for crying out loud. If you want a gun... In West Virginia, get the damn vaccine and you'll be in some kind of raffle for a freaking gun. You know me and guns, but if it'll get you to get the damn vaccine, fine. Whatever, West Virginia. Um, a lot of this stuff is backed by the, uh, I don't know about the gun thing, but the, the Anheuser-Busch uh, giveaway is, is backed by the White House and, and with funding. So is the free Uber rides. So it's all subsidized. It gets more and more pathetic to me. To see all these dangle the carrot. If you'll just get the vaccine, we'll put you in a drawing for a million dollars. Well, they're absolutely, they got caught off guard. They, I think they assumed that everyone was just going to get it. Yeah, I don't know what they would have assumed. I, I, I guess, in hindsight, I don't know what I would have expected. I should have expected what's happening. Screw you, you ain't putting that in my, you ain't putting a shot in my, you ain't tracking me. Pumpkin, all shucks. I guess I should have expected. Yeah, I think we. I think we all should have seen that coming. Um, I didn't see it coming though. I didn't. I guess I didn't think about it. I didn't see it coming either though. It's just. It's just one of those things where you just assume. Yeah, okay. Well, you get vaccinated when you're a kid. When there's viruses that we don't experience and you would like to continue not to experience. So you just assume. Okay. Well, here it is. COVID. I'd like to never go through that again. Let's all get the vaccine. 
and then 50% of the people in like every state didn't get one. I just, one of the news reports on the top of the hour, CBS was uh, where I'm about to head, Alabama. Birmingham has like a third of adults. And I mean, it's just nobody's doing it. I I understand actually, and Alabama's going to have a lot of this, the black population still does have a little bit of, worry about just saying hey just yeah put a yeah. shot in my arm for the Tus- t- uh, the what is it tuskegee whatever it is experiments from the, yeah you know i i can't fault them for that and i can't fault white bumpkin america I, I i don't agree i think you should i think the science is where it's where it needs to be but i i guess i can't entirely fault you for it but no and and to and to be fair to most people who are really skeptical about it most vaccines take several years to come out, and this was been this has been rushed so fast that if you're if you're worried about it, I can't blame you. Can't argue with that with that either, except for the fact that coronavirus uh, testing has been taking place for decades. Yeah, so it's not like it's a novel. It's a it's a novel strand, but it's not a novel virus. Yeah, like they weren't it, starting from scratch when they were doing. They the already had the, the 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 ground laid. So I get it. I get it. I just you know you want a crappy Budweiser for free. I don't even know what it means. You get a single bottle. I, I don't even know. But um, it just it's still when the rest of the world is is you know starving for this kind of medical marvel technology which luckily we're sending it over i mean get it out of here we don't want it send it send it to india get it get it get it into uh the, the allies and not not necessarily allies uh, of ours around the world let's not let this stuff just sit on a shelf but it's just a little uh i don't know what the right word is because it's not amusing because it's not funny i guess it's a little pathetic i don't know uh we'll get to this audio here in just a second real quick uh f lee bailey died yesterday i wanted to pull some audio to play from him uh which i didn't get around to and because i've because something else came up that i want to spend a majority of the rest of the show with some local a local guy a local restaurant with the restaurant impossible show that was on last night that i'll dive into more here in just a minute but i did not realize how deep this guy's portfolio went f lee bailey of course he's on the dream team oj's team uh one of the more between him and Cochran and Shapiro, uh, they all had offered a lot to that, um, to that case, you know, in 1994, but the Sam Shepard case in like the sixties, which was the basis of the movie, the book and the movie, the original, the fugitive that was later remade by whoever was starring uh, Harrison Ford, which was one of my favorite movies from the nineties. It was, I didn't know it was a remake then, but I know it's a remake now that's based on the case that F. Lee Bailey, uh, won on appeal for a doctor that supposedly killed his wife, which he later proved that he did not. I did not know that till yesterday. And then Patty Hearst, which I just, you know, today years old, figured out who the hell Patty Hearst is. I don't have time to get into it, but also defending her. And, and, and I just did a quick wiki. Um, and so he died yesterday at the age of like, like 89. So that dude lived a, a pretty fulfilling, cool life uh, in the law world and uh, was a, basically a star. So uh, won't do any more than that, but just figure it's worth a mention. Let's jump to the audio real quick because i got to hurry. This segment is winding down quickly on Nougat Radio 92.7. This is Mike Lindell. It's kind of rambling, basically saying that the Supreme Court is going to uh, reinstate Trump in August, like Trump's been telling people. This is the My Pillow guy. It's today's worst idea. This is cyber footprints. It's uh, They're called packets. And what these are, Steve, it's like if you had DNA blood blood uh, DNA at a crime scene, um, that's, blood, that's blood forensics. They can't, you know, there it is. If you have it, it's real, and then you can't see. Well, is this, uh, is this so-and-so's blood or not? I mean, you have stuff that tells you that it is. 
with over here with the cyber forensics, you're going to see it can't be changed. It gets preserved. It preserved. It cannot be changed. It cannot be altered. It is 100%. You can. It's evidence that it's as it's as clear as black and white. So when the Supreme Court looks at this, they don't get to say five four or six to three or seven to two. It has to be nine zero because. Okay, so that's the my pillow guy ramble on and on, basically saying there's cyber forensics that prove that the election was stolen. That's so ironclad that the Supreme Court must rule nine to nothing that Trump must be reinstated in August, and he, and he's seen it somehow. Yeah. Through all that rambling you just heard, that's why that's the worst idea. Partially, I'm gonna blow off that second one, Keon, because it's not that good anyway. We're running out of time, but. Uh, through all that rambling, his point was, this is so ironclad, so locked and sold and done that it's a 9 nothing decision on the Supreme Court. This idiot that sells garbage pillows in the middle of the night on infomercials. That's today's worst idea. This is today's, uh, the not-so-sure thing I'm not going to do is Nancy Mace, the one I showed, told you to look out for. Um, I'll spend some more time on that another time. It's not important. Let's do today's coolest thing on New Radio 92.7. Cool. <laughs> it's time for today's coolest thing. Okay. Brought to you by Seaborn Commercial Refrigeration. Quick at keeping it cool. Stay cool. So cool. So cool. Okay, so I will spend some more time on this in the second segment of the show anecdotally, but this is today's coolest thing. It is Restaurant Impossible Revisited which aired on the Food Network last night. This is the intro. Blue Orleans downtown was featured on the show about a year and a half ago. This was the follow-up to that episode. This is today's Coolest Thing. 2019, I visited Blue Orleans in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where I met owners Mike and Sharita. What stood out to me about this episode the most was the feistiness of Sharita, the dysfunctional family, and the divorce that was happening while I was there. We did not think that we needed Robert's help at that time. When you're a business owner, there's no other voice to challenge you. And so you think Mm. you're right. (laughs) And then here comes this man who has accomplished so much, and you find out that you're not. It's a huge pill to swallow. Yeah. So we're going to get rolling. Okay, here we go. That was last night on the Food Network restaurant, Impossible. I've heard of the show, but I don't really watch any reality-style TV shows. But I watched portions of it last night. It was a revisited version. And I'm going to spend a, a, probably an entire segment on it next. Um, I know Mike Adams from uh, Blue Orleans. And it's a really fun story, primarily because I learned most of it through the television show. I saw the entire episode, the first one, a year and a half ago. I watched half of it last night just to basically pull the audio. I didn't get through all of it. And um, he's a he's a cool guy who I got to know pretty well in kind of an odd way. And dude's been struggling a lot, and he's had a lot of help, and he's been on these television shows. He's been very candid and very honest, and it's been very interesting. And I'll tell you from my point of view on that coming up next. It's New Radio 92.7, Stone on Air, radio and podcast. Hang tight. Be right back. You're listening to the Stone on Air radio show. Nuga Radio 92.7. The thing that began the decline was the economy going into recession in 2009. I began to drink on the job. It got to the point where something had to change. 
I walk in, I'm seeing um, brick walls, which I love. Nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Please sit down. Okay. Blue Orleans in Chattanooga, Tennessee. On the surface, it doesn't look like a bad restaurant. Why do you think you're failing? What I will say is that there was a time when the kitchen was not performing at its best because of drinking problems that I had and how it would affect my ability. You were drinking in the kitchen while you were working? Yes. Okay. That stopped, I presume? It's been almost two years since I've had okay. it. So are you guys married? No. We are going through a divorce. Right now. Right now? Yes. Mm -hmm. Welcome back in, Nuka Radio 92.7. Most people walking around think the band Creedence Clearwater Revival are from the bayou, delta, blues, country world, swamp country. Not at all. They're from middle California. But they sang about the bayou regularly, and that's where I'm headed tomorrow. And have not been to New Orleans since I was 18 years old in 1998. Just long enough ago to remember it. It's pre 9/11 days and identification, you know, driver's licenses were quite literally laminated paper. So getting a fake ID was nothing, and I didn't even need one. Uh, they didn't. They didn't ID me at all. I was up and down Bourbon Street drinking hurricanes. I have a cool dad. You can say he's a bad dad because of it, but he let me. He basically said, if if you order a drink and they'll serve you, then you can drink. If they say no, then you can't. Thought that was a pretty good trade off, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, so I I remember Bourbon Street. I remember certain areas that we were at, but overall, I don't have a very good recollection of New Orleans and that entire area, Alabama, Mississippi, and I'm heading there tomorrow. And so I thought it was really interesting. I'm Brian. He's Keon, New Radio, Stone on Air, radio podcast. And I thought it was really interesting that this came up. It was, uh, I saw it was my guy, uh, my guy Barry um, from the uh, Times Free Press had a story yesterday about the restaurant Impossible show which i'd never really watched except for the one episode that featured blue orleans downtown um a year and a half ago or so and the the, the follow-up episode aired last night and so i had to kind of scramble and i thought oh well this is cool i'll go i want to see how it how it turns out and so I'll, I'll i'll come back to that here in a minute uh let's see a couple things i did want to touch on real quick before we get to that now nah, i'll save that for next segment um Blue Orleans had a place over on Amnicola that was just like a, a ragtag kind of joint. It's been long gone. I don't know if that has affiliation with Mike Adams, who runs the Blue Adams at the corner of Main and Market. Now, uh, I don't think it does. I think they just share the naming. It's odd. I don't know. That, that was over a decade ago. Probably longer than that. This, this restaurant, Mike Adams' restaurant, has been there at least a decade. And I'm just now realizing, just in time too, to head that area, that Creole cooking I really like. Like I've I've been experimenting with lots of different things. My pandemic hobby has been experimenting with recipes and cooking at home. And I realized, man, I love I love this stuff. Crawfish, and I already knew I love shellfish, and you know Creole seasoning, the Holy Trinity, and all those kinds of things. Like I'm learning all that. And I'm like, 
I've, I've, but I've still never eaten at Blue Orleans. I don't know why. I just haven't. And the owner, Mike Adams, I've known for many years now. This is a little story, Bill. So just, you know, if you don't care about me or my life, then you're not going to care about any of this. Uh, it's getaway day as I get out of here tomorrow. And uh, I just, I was fascinated by this yesterday when I, because it was just yesterday afternoon I saw Barry's story that this was going to be airing. And so my day job was Carter Distributing for years, which is a block and a half away from New Orleans, or Blue Orleans Restaurant. And we operated there differently than most companies you're ever going to be involved with. It was, you know, drinking at work was just something that happened at times. Um, Everybody knew where all the bodies were buried you know, many people were up to no good uh, in in petty ways, mostly. And anybody who had been there for any length of time, it was kind of a hush hush, wink wink, nod nod kind of company. Still made it buku's of money. Bought out three years ago by Cherokee Distributing, which is the polar opposite of that. None of that anymore. We're a very buttoned up operation, and it's good. We're a better company because of it. And they, I'm working there all these same years, and it's a great place to work. But the downtown, when we were downtown, just down the street, there was lots of people would come in and buy uh, buy their product. It was a Miller Coors primarily, but Corona, Abita, uh, just the portfolio was huge. 75 to 100 uh, uh, different packages. And we just, over the years, got used to people coming in, many places that were just, you know, low budget, no budget, whatever would come in off the street, come in as long as they had their beer permit that we knew and they would just buy alcohol and then we would go load it up in their cars for them. Once upon a time, I drove a forklift and loaded people's cars and it was very annoying because we're like, Hey, you know, we deliver this stuff, right? Like we're a delivery company. What are you doing? But we just let that happen because old man Carter, who is, uh, you know, rest in peace now died several years ago. That was why the sale happened. He came from the 1950s and he's not going to turn down a dollar. If you're gonna if you're gonna purchase from me, I'm gonna take your money. Well, the the new company doesn't operate that way at all. You get delivered to at the time we're gonna deliver it to you, or you don't get it. Sorry, which is actually a much more efficient way of doing business because that's what we are—a delivery company. But so for years, Mike Adams, who owns Blue Orleans, would come in late usually. And I was always the last one there, and he would come in and he would get a couple of kegs of a beta. Basically, a beta beer. It's 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 Louisiana beer, uh, purple haze, turbo dog, that kind of stuff. And he was always coming in when I was busy and after hours. And at first, we rubbed each other the wrong way a little bit, partially because I was just kind of a punk, and other reason partially is he was he was in a hurry and busy, and so it was kind of like a oh god you again. And then somehow over the course of a couple of years. He continued to, to still come in and grab kegs on the fly, usually after hours, sometimes not after hours. I'm usually there to 7 or 8 o'clock at night. And again, his restaurant is one block away, Blue Orleans, which was on the featured on the show last night, Restaurant Impossible. And he started coming in, and we would just start talking a little bit. And then we got to know each other a little bit. And I was like, okay, this guy's not bad at all. This guy's totally cool. Like, this guy's great. And... Uh, and so then he got to a little while where I realized he didn't tell me exactly what was going on, but you could tell the guy was stressed out of his mind. And the only reason I'm going to get a little bit personal with what he his issues are is because he put it out there on national television twice. So clearly he doesn't mind it being discussed. But he never would exactly tell me 
what was going on. He'd usually be running in with his his chef, not apron, but like the white kind of chef shirt that you're used to seeing in like a higher upscale kitchens. And he'd be screaming in on two wheels, needing a keg at like 7.30. And after a while, I did think, what the hell's going on with this guy? Does this guy not do inventory? Does he not realize that he's going to run out of the, the, he would get the six barrels of the smallest keg you can get. I don't know what the ounces are on that. It's a 150, 12 ounce pours on a full keg. So this is probably like uh, 50, 55 pours maybe on this size of a keg. And I'm just thinking, this guy has got terrible management. Like, he has no idea what he's doing, and he, it wasn't that. Dude didn't have any money. Dude would wait until he had enough money from sales for that day to run down the street and, and pull money out of the register, almost quite literally, and, and, and get the kegs back on tap before he had customers mad because they couldn't get their authentic Abita, Louisiana-based beer with their supposed Creole Louisiana cuisine because it's, it's supposed to be an upscale place. And I just didn't realize that for a long time. Got to a point where he would, <clears throat> he would float money. And I didn't, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm pretty sure this is what it was. He would call me and just say, Hey man, can you have, and he knew the guys in the warehouse too, because he came all the time. He didn't just know me. He knew Maurice in the warehouse. He said, man, can you get Reese to pull a keg <clears throat> and have it for me? I just need to grab it and go. Can I pay you? Can I pay you next week? And I would say, yeah, sure, because he n- never bounced checks, and he, and he he always eventually cleared up whatever his debts were. Now, at the new place, if I did that, I would be warned the first time, fired the next. Like we don't let we don't sell product and then let them just pay whenever they feel like it. This was a different world. I had more executive decision making power. And then he would come in sometimes when he wasn't as busy and he'd hang out. We'd talk a little bit. He talked about getting out of the restaurant business. This is Mike Adams from Blue Orleans downtown. And um, he wanted to get into catering only so he didn't have the overhead of, a, of, a, of, of an entire restaurant and staff and alcohol, liquor licensing and all that. Clearly that never came, uh, came about. But what I didn't know that they talk about a bunch on this show, which if you restaurant uh, the Food Network just replays stuff over and over and over again. So if you see it on your on your wherever your cable comes from package, hit DVR and watch it. It's fascinating. He's going through a divorce for the last like two years while he works with his soon to be ex wife every day. They originally were married. They got involved with the restaurant business. They actually the reason they're in Chattanooga, Mike Adams and his now ex wife was they were displaced from Hurricane Katrina in 05. That's what they, their property was, I don't know the exact specifics, but basically destroyed in the, you know, the, the biggest hurricane devastation of the century. And lots of people were displaced during that time period, and that's why they came to Chattanooga. So he's got, he's got roots in that area. And then his, his, his children were growing up. I think they're probably in their mid-20s by now, and uh, maybe even older than that. And so they were in the kitchen. It was literally family. Mom does this. Dad, chef, head chef. Kids do this. And then the family falls apart. He's got a drinking problem. Can't stop drinking at, you know, at work and destroying what he's trying to do as, he, as he's you know, in the process of making it happen. Now they're getting divorced. Still having to work together because it's the only gig they got. Oh, my God. It's, it, I can't even imagine. Oh, my God. It's exhausting. And, and so it, I went back in my head, and you, sometimes it takes 
maybe many years when you, you experience somebody and you talk to them and you and you deal with with them on a different level, whether it be business or personal or whatever, and then you're like, oh, ding, that makes more sense now. Ding, that makes more sense now. I was like, irritated. Like, screw you, dude. Can't you figure out you need need this by two o'clock when we'll dr- literally drive it to you and bring it to you? No, I don't have any money at two o'clock. <laughs> like, no, I can't. You can't deliver to me because I don't know if I can pay for it. Yeah, that's wow. a struggle that is is hard to even imagine because I've never I wouldn't even know what it's like to run an upscale restaurant. And so when I saw that original uh, episode, I was like, man, that is awesome that he was able to get that assistance. They come in, they give you, are you familiar with this show at all? Yeah, because like, they, they got a couple shows like it. I've seen Kitchen Nightmares with Gordon Ramsay. It's the same show, basically. It's, I, I have, well, I, yes, I think so. And and then there's also like Bar Rescue. Yeah. That's another one, uh, which I think we've had a, lo- a couple of local places get that too. But yeah, they applied and they, they basically give you $10,000 roughly. I don't remember the exact number. And 48 hours they bring people in. And just wipe you clean and do whatever they think they need to do, and uh, and then you go from there. I don't know what their success rate is, but clearly there's some success, or they wouldn't have done the revisit episode last night. So, and it, it's a good. So, if you missed the first one, it's a good recap, and then they show the uh, the follow up in that same episode. I hit pause in the middle of it. I'll watch the uh, follow up uh, later on uh, next week or whenever. So, if you see that on your Food Network. Give it a give it a, a record, drop it on the DVR, give it a look. Mike Adams is a great, great dude, and he has been telling me, and because after we got to be somewhat friends, meaning in a professional setting, again, I don't even have the guy's cell phone number, or I would have texted him yesterday. Uh, he is every time he sees me. Next time you're in the restaurant, it's on me. Bring whoever, it's on me. And I never took him up on that. I don't know why. Every year at Maine Times 24, I'd see him right there at the corner of Maine and Market and high five, call me B. What's up, B? I never took him up on that. I don't know why. I don't know. I just felt like a mooch a little bit. But uh, I need to I need to hit him up and say, well, first of all, now I've talked to you about you on the radio for at least 15 minutes. So I need to take you up on that Creole uh, shrimp and, 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 and chicken and sausage gumbo. Blue Orleans downtown. Check them out. And watch it on the Food Network if you see it coming up sooner than later. Uh, I'll uh, finish up on this, hit on a few other things, and wrap up a week. Coming up next, this is Nuga Radio 92.7, Stone on Air Radio and Podcast. Stone on Air on Nuga Radio 92.7. When we first sat down at the table and gave our stories as to who we were, I felt that this is going to be a little bit deeper than I thought. This is going to be more than just a restaurant. This is almost going to be like a therapeutic session. After meeting him the first time, I thought there was a lot of darkness and doom and, and, you know, ill feeling. That's a big mountain to climb. Is it possible that... Mike and Sharita could actually talk to each other in a civil manner in order to work the restaurant. That's the moment of truth. It was more than a year ago that I first visited Blue Orleans in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I'm heading back there now. I'm going down in Louisiana, baby, behind the sun. One more clip from the Restaurant Impossible show that aired last night on the Food Network featuring Blue Orleans in downtown Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
This is the great Muddy Waters. Down in Louisiana. Louisiana Blues. It's Nuga Radio 92.7. I'm Brian. He's Keon. I'll hang out with you for about nine and a half more minutes. And then Keon will take over for the rest of the morning. And I'm out of here. See ya. Gone. Headed to the Gulf in Alabama and then over to New Orleans for the first time in over 20 years. And I'm pretty excited. But yeah, that's, uh, I only saw half the episode last night, but the, it's good stuff. Mike Adams, Blue Orleans downtown, his his plights, his struggles, his his story is, is worth, hell, it's worth a major reality show doing two episodes on. Uh, so, uh, so give it a look, and I am just insanely excited to be down in authentic Creole Cajun country, and I am going to be hammering on some authentic cuisine for the next week or so. If you are going to be stuck here in Chattanooga, which the chances are you very much likely are, uh, Blue Orleans is going to be one of the closest places you're going to be able to uh, sample that same kind of fare. So give uh, give that an, a thought when you're headed downtown for your weekend festivities at any point between now and, uh, I guess, basically the rest of your life. So uh, a few things here real quick, just kind of mop up for the um, – uh, the final segment of the show, uh, I do want to thank uh, Seaboard Commercial Refrigeration for sponsoring the coolest thing. I really think that's a uh, a pretty neat, fun little way we've incorporated that uh, that advertisement and, um, and partnership. So thank you very much to them over on Dodds Avenue, 629-0969, SeaboardRefrigeration.com. They've been here in Chattanooga since 1959. Evernest helping out with your property management. Give John a call if you've got a property that's swamping you and you're just in over your head on trying to keep the the damn thing in order. Well, maybe Everdesk can help you out. Maybe not. Maybe you can do it on your own. Maybe you're just not sure. Give John a call and he will uh, will help you figure that out. 454-3854. So a couple things. Speaking of uh, uh, local um, dives and restaurants. Excuse me. So in uh, Russell's. Uh, update I uh, caught a few minutes ago. Sky Zoo. Man, you want to talk about a bunch of cocaine-fueled, Budweiser-fueled, gun-toting morons. Sky Zoo is for you over on Brainerd Road. More shootings and and, uh, and just issues there. Do yourself a favor. Don't go to Sky Zoo. Um, and then another one I saw yesterday, Alan Golds were uh, hit with some violations by the beer board, let's see, what is it here? The Macaulay Avenue Bar is accused of packing more than 100 people above the occupancy. In February, officers counted 324 people in the club. The occupancy is posted at 201. Somehow between now and then, they've been able to raise the the capacity limit from 201 to, two, to 251, which is still... That's still almost 75 people over the, the the capacity. The only thing I would say quickly to that is, have you ever been to Allen Gold's? You ever been there? They pack them in like sardines every single day. Every single night. Every single weekend. Uh, it's a drag bar, for crying out loud. And it is a... I, I'm not hating on Allen Gold's. I'm hating on Sky Zoo. I'm loving on Blue Orleans. I'm hating on Sky Zoo, 
and I'm just, nah, okay, with Alan Golds. I've been there a handful of times. You ever graced yourself? You 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 don't you're not a drinker, so I don't know why you would. No, I've never been. Are you are you familiar with it? Yeah, I know about it's it. A, it's a dra- it's a drag bar. Yeah, I've I've been invited to go. I just I, I I've never had the reason to really. You, there's no good reason. Yeah, <laughs> there's no good reason. <laughs> uh, it is it is a place where nothing really good is going to happen by the end of the night. And maybe nothing terribly bad either. But nothing good is probably going to happen because it's one of those, hey, we're done drinking over here. Let's all go to Alan Gold's. <laughs> it's one of those kinds of places. And it's just it's just a drag. I mean, it's, it's it's I've been two or three times. It's a fine enough kind of layout. Uh, I was considerably younger. It's a considerably younger crowd. But, yeah, shocked said no one that they're over capacity. Every time you go there, it's it's just, you know, as they say, elbows and a-holes. Like, it's just, I mean, you, you can barely walk through the place. So I get it why people like it, and I'm not telling you to not go there or to uh, to, to hate on them. But, yeah, they got hit by the beer board for having 150 almost more people than their initial capacity. But it's fun if you're 24 <laughs> or 44 creeps who are there to see... 24 year old like it's one of those it's like yeah okay all right you're not doing anything illegally wrong here but you're still weird get the hell out of here and you know in a a world where trans is like the most offensively gross thing ever to the average bleep hole walking around who wants to fight it till uh you know with, with legislation and everything else but we'll go get drunk on a friday and go to a drag show Get that out makes sense. Get out. Get out of here. Get out. It's one of those. As long as it's as long as it works out for me, I'm okay with whatever the social setting is. But once I see it on Twitter or Facebook, damn it, I'm gonna have some strong things to say. Shut up, <laughs> Mr. Allen Golds. I've seen you there. I've seen you there. Shut up. So anyway, that's just something I saw across the uh, wherever it was. Speaking of Twitter, have you seen this? I don't mean to sound like uh, Jay Leno. Have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you talked about this? Have you seen this? Uh, Twitter Blue. I just saw this yesterday on CNBC last night with Shepard Smith. They're now charging for an, a, an upgraded version of Twitter. I, I did not know this. It's it's not available in the U.S. yet. They're kind of test piling it in Canada. And why Canada and some other countries and not the U.S., I, I couldn't tell you that. You, you know, the, the one of the biggest complaints Twitter has had Twitter users, and I've always been, it used to be my favorite social media, it's not anymore, but I still don't, I still, I still value it, but the biggest complaint has been, why can't we edit our damn tweets, especially since you're moving so fast, you can often spell something wrong, Mm -hmm. say something stupid, I mean, you can delete them, but you can't edit them. Right, because they don't want somebody to say something and then... uh, You know, especially because government officials use Twitter, and then they edit it later, but the thing is, you can always have it to where it says it's been edited. So there's no reason for most, most uh, like Reddit and Facebook and, and where you can uh, edit. It tells you that you have edited it. Like it says, like publicly, this has been you know edited. And, and then people who do it would would be considered the the correct way would then put a notation edited for spelling or something like that. Right. I don't know why Twitter would care all that much about that, but that's been the biggest complaint. Why can't we edit our damn tweets? 
Well, with Twitter Blue, you can edit your tweets. That's one of the things you can do. You, there's better organization. Twitter can be better in so many ways. Like, they have kind of let their their platform get stale to me. Like, it's uh, they added the extra characters, which I don't think was necessarily even, uh, I don't know if it was good or bad. I don't care. But that was, like, one of the it, only. It makes almost no difference. Yeah, it doesn't really make any difference. And uh, they doubled the character limit from 140 or whatever it was to 280, I think. And that that's fine, whatever. That's the only real major change Twitter has made in 10 years. So I don't know what all this Twitter blue does, but it's $3.50 a month. And it's got better ways to save light stuff or things. Because I only like things on Twitter because I want to remember to go back and look at them. I don't like it because I actually like it. I like it so it's in my likes so I can go back and right. later and look. Like, oh, there's some audio. Like. So I can go back to my, oh, yeah, I remember. I liked that. It doesn't mean I actually liked it. This has got a, apparently a different way of, of organizing things you want to be able to come back to. I don't know what, what else. But if you think I'm giving you, I'm not giving you 35 cents a month, <laughs> let alone $3.50 <laughs> to use Twitter. The, the crappy layout is part of what I love about Twitter. I don't, like, I don't want it to be better. It's a garbage app. I I'm, I don't need it to be better. I think it sucks. Um, but I still look at it every day. Like, I scroll through it. I have Twitter open on a browser or on my phone every day, all day. And it's basically just because it's the most up-to-date information you're going to get anywhere. And that's what I try to use it for. I don't use it. I don't, I don't, I don't never wish to. I got a happy birthday wish on Twitter, right? Like, no. <laughs> there's no interactions that matter. Uh, but anyway, I thought that was uh, a little interesting. And I got about 60 seconds left until... I call it a day, and I don't really have anything else for you. Plenty of things going on this weekend. Actually, packed, loaded up with things. Riverfront Nights, um, uh, the, 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 the bunch of movies at the theater, uh, Tivoli this weekend, the Bobby Stone film series. Uh, uh, Nightfall is back tonight. I really wish I could go to that, but I, I've got to be packing and getting out here tomorrow. Chatting Football Club in town this weekend. The Signal's got music. Uh, if you want something to do this weekend, you're going to find it, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. My name is Brian. He is Keon, the Stone on Air radio show and podcast. I promise you this one will be available today. I'll get you yesterday's out there as well. Kind of fell asleep on that one a little bit. Got busy, man. Got busy. And I'm not going to be busy for a week. I'm going to be gone for a week. Headed to Louisiana and Alabama at the Gulf Shores in New Orleans. And, uh, yeah, don't call me. I'm not going to answer. You can text. I might text back. But I'm sure as hell not answering your phone call. And that's pretty much true every day of the week. Thank you, Keon, as always. Appreciate it. Muddy Waters and Louisiana Blues takes us out. Talk to you again in a week from Monday. Have a great one. See you later. Bye. I'm going to show all you good-looking women just how to treat your man. Let's go back to New Orleans, boys.